This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. This is your Thursday edition of the newscast, which means tomorrow is the garbage can. Get your garbage can nominees in right now over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. Of course, you have to be a subscriber to submit garbage can nominees and participate in the garbage candidate voting process tomorrow. Just go five bucks a month or whatever you can spare, really. Patreon.com slash district sentinel. All right. uh, We've got Chicago teachers on strike today. The UAW strike also continues. We brought up on the show that there is a tentative agreement between UAW and GM. Uh, That still needs to be approved by the union's rank and file members. So the strike continues until that happens. Some other uh, top of the show news here. We uh, had Mick Mulvaney giving a press conference shortly before we, White House Chief of Staff, shortly before we started recording, and he confirmed that next year's G7 will be at Trump's resort in Doral. (laughs) I remember uh, the administration had floated this around and people were like, kind of laughed at it about how corrupt, blatantly corrupt that would be. And they're just going ahead and going through with it. They're just going for it. No no one gives a shit anymore. I mean, not no we'll one. We'll see but. If, if if this actually happens at Doral next year. There seems to be a lot of headwinds uh, to Trump even being president next year. But I mean, why why wouldn't he? I, you're right. I, did did I do the thing? Oh, he's done for sure, and then he wiggles out of it. Well, I mean, it's just that House Democrats seem to refuse to want to uh, bring up his self dealing yeah. and holding him to account. So. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Fuck it. That won't fit in the narrow focus of the impeachment probe. Hey, uh, before we start doing the news, shout out to our comrade over at the Jewish Worker. I believe they have a Patreon uh, as well. They do solid work online. They mailed us some goods. They mailed us some stickers, some uh, buttons, some cool designs. Appreciate it. If anyone wants to send us goods, our address... The Sentinel address is P.O. Box 43106, Washington, D.C., 20010. Don't mail us anything to try to own us uh, by the smell, because (laughs) you will just end up irritating post office workers. Why would you want to do that? All right, it's Thursday, October 17th, 2019. Here's the news. Congressman Elijah Cummings died early this morning. The Baltimore Democrat and House Oversight Committee chair was 68 years old and had longstanding health problems. CBS noted Cummings had previously received medical attention for heart woes. He is set to be temporarily succeeded as oversight chair by New York's Carolyn Maloney. Here was House Speaker Nancy Pelosi paying tribute to Cummings at the start of her weekly press conference this morning. I had the just coincidental... Uh, opportunity to speak to be at breakfast with someone who served with him in the state legislature in Maryland and he said when Elijah Cummings would stand up uh, in the state legislature in the House of Delegates as it's called there uh, the room was full of silence President Trump meanwhile actually had something nice to say about Cummings a man who had been helping lead impeachment proceedings against the president until his death 
Trump had previously ripped into the congressman with not-so-coded racial attacks on Cummings' hometown of Baltimore. This morning, Trump tweeted of Cummings, quote, His hard work and voice on so many fronts will be very hard, if not impossible, to replace. Let's see if he maintains that tone tonight when he appears at a rally before his rabid supporters. Trump may have his emotional plate already full tonight, however, with animosity for Pelosi. The speaker walked out of a meeting yesterday with the president. It was about Turkey's invasion of northern Syria, but it was also the first major meeting between the White House and congressional leaders since impeachment proceedings kicked off. Trump reportedly launched into a tirade against Pelosi, who walked out of the meeting, then accused the president of having a meltdown. The White House then accused Pelosi of being the one melting down, who says Twitter isn't real life. And then, it, speaking of Twitter, it posted on Twitter a photograph of Pelosi angrily pointing at Trump. Naturally, Slay Queen dipshits loved it, saying the photo represents a powerful woman fighting back against a reactionary bully. This this is Seal Clap 2.0. <laughs> but, <right> here, here. <laughs> but here was Pelosi today at her press conference. We're still at work on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement and making progress every day on our path to yes, but we're not there yet. As soon as we can get the assurances from the administration and from the other everyone involved that there will be enforceability of some of the of the provisions of the legislation that it will really be an improvement on the current uh, NAFTA then we'll be able to proceed but I'm optimistic uh, about that so the president is committing crimes and his mental state is a danger to the country let's help him pass a trade deal he's also by the way separately ruining farmers across the country with reckless trade policies that he could reverse without Congress. But sure, he deserves something on trade that would give a major boost to his reelection chances. The the dissonance here is mind-blowing. How can you uh, engage in impeachment, be a party that is going down the road to impeaching the president, talking about that out of one side of your mouth, and then talking about the negotiations you're engaged in with that president to secure legislation? Again, it's always infrastructure week for the Democrats. Highly effective dipshits like to compartmentalize things, I guess. And by the way, I think I saw Owen tweeting this out. Owen Higgins? Yeah, right before we were walking into the studio. But he shared this article in which I guess Pelosi was asked what she was talking about in that photo when she's pointing at the president. And she says that she was talking about how all roads lead to Russia. (laughs) Well, you uh, just scooped the next audio clip. Oh, shit. Sorry. Because because that is indeed what Pelosi was also talking about at the press conference. She thinks that Trump is a Russian agent or whatever. Here she is elaborating on the fight. I also uh, pointed out to the president I had concerns that the L road seemed to lead to Putin. (laughs) Uh, The Russians have been trying to get a foothold in the Middle East for a very long time unsuccessfully. And now the president has given them an opportunity with the Kurds reaching out to them uh, for support in Syria. Launch a cruise missile at his ass, queen. <laughs> She's mad because she believes in U.S. empire. She's not some badass intersectional fucking activist screaming at a thousand years of patriarchy or whatever. Notice, by the way, when she said the Russians 
are trying but failing to get a foothold in the Middle East, isn't the whole point of them helping Syria is because they had a base in Syria before the whole civil war started? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. The only thing worse than people going nuts about Pelosi pointing her finger at Trump, the photo of that, is Kamala Harris's press secretary editing the photo. <laughs> So that Trump is replaced by Kamala Harris, so that Pelosi is pointing her finger yelling at Kamala Harris, who apparently kept Steve Mnuchin on as Treasury Secretary <laughs> and all of Trump's generals and everything. What a dumbass. What, what was he going for? I have no idea. No idea. All right. Speaking of that impeachment inquiry, it continued in the House today with closed-door testimony from a key figure in the Ukraine scandal, U.S. Ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sondland. According to Sondland's opening statement, he told the committee about how President Trump designated Rudy Giuliani essentially as a shadow diplomat to Ukraine. Sondland recalls a meeting in the White House with the president where he was directed to speak with Rudy Giuliani about how to deal with Ukraine. Reading from the testimony, quote, We asked the White House to arrange a working phone call from President Trump and a working Oval Office visit. However, President Trump was skeptical that Ukraine was serious about reforms and anti-corruption, and he directed those of us present at the meeting to talk to Mr. Giuliani, his personal attorney, about his concerns. And these are uh, State Department officials in a meeting with Trump talking about diplomacy toward Ukraine and Trump informing State Department officials that actually they should talk to his attorney, Rudy <laughs> Giuliani, about this stuff. Sondland goes on to say, quote, it was apparent to all of us that the key to changing the president's mind on Ukraine was Mr. Giuliani. Now, it's important to remember that Sondland is a lifelong Republican. He says so today in his testimony. He also only got his gig as ambassador to the EU because he cut a million dollar check to Trump's inauguration committee. And although he admits the highly unusual arrangement and likely illegal arrangement around Giuliani conducting shadow diplomacy, Sondland does try his best to limit some of the damning testimony against Trump. But mostly Sondland is trying to cover his own ass here. He claims he never heard any White House officials talk about plans to withhold security assistance to Ukraine in exchange for dirt on Trump's political rivals. He claims that the suspicious text in which a State Department official expressed concern that aid to Ukraine was being held withheld for political reasons, to which Sondland responded, let's talk about this on the phone. Sondland claims that, that was just perfectly normal, not an attempt to hide anything, I'm sure. Sondland also claims he called the president one day to make sure there was no quid pro quo. He describes the exchange thusly, quote, I called President Trump directly. I asked the president, what do you want from Ukraine? The president responded, nothing. There is no quid pro quo. The president repeated, no quid pro quo, multiple times. This was a very short call. I recall the president was in a bad mood. <laughs> Sondland was supposed to testify last week, but was blocked by the Trump administration. I guess we can see why. Sondland has since been subpoenaed, which is what forced today's testimony. Some confirmation of a disturbing trend from government researchers. Content warning, there is talk of suicidal ideation here. The Center for Disease Control found that young Americans are killing themselves at increasing rates. The National Center for Health Statistics released the data today. It shows the suicide rate for people aged 10 to 24 up in the last 12 years by 56% from 6.8 per 100,000 to 10.6 per 100,000. More troublingly, 
The rate of increase picked up from 2013 until 2017 from 3% annual increases to 7% increases. Also, the greatest increase was among the youngest age cohort analyzed. The suicide rate for 10 to 14-year-olds almost tripled from 0.9 to 2.5 per 100,000. And this was after a decline in suicide for the age group in the first seven years of last decade. Study didn't hypothesize any causes. <coughs> Trump! Though it is global warming too, maybe. Though it is notable how suicide rates started surpassing homicide rates around 2009, not long after the Great Recession bottomed out. Unsurprisingly, suicide rates are higher in marginalized groups. Trans people attempt suicide at nine times the rate of the U.S. population, according to the National Center for Transgender Equality. Recently published NYU research also showed self-reported suicide attempts up among black youth. Last year, the CDC also noted there were higher suicide rates in rural areas. Yeah, there's probably a lot of different factors uh, playing into this. I do remember a couple years ago coming across an old BBC study that looked at suicide rates in the UK over the, like the last hundred years and found that they would always spike under conservative governments. Mm. I mean, here we have conservative governments, even when a Democrat is in office like Obama, and we saw this spike happening during the end of his administration as well. But I, I, there's probably a correlation between conservative economic policy and suicide rates increasing. Well, I mean, on the face of it, it makes sense if you have people in power who just constantly devalue humanity and, yeah. uh, you know, try to quantify everything into a into a dollar sign cost benefit analysis. And again, the dehumanization is just like such a tenet of, of conservative thought that it really it does make sense. Yep. Finally today, Senator Ron Wyden wants to put Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg in jail. Get his ass. The Oregon senator introduced legislation today that would subject tech company CEOs who lie about how personal data is being used or abused to fines and upwards of 20 years in prison. It's called the Mind Your Own Business Act. In a statement announcing the bill, Wyden called out Zuckerberg by name, saying, quote, Mark Zuckerberg won't take Americans' privacy seriously unless he feels personal consequences. A slap on the wrist from the FTC won't do the job. So under my bill, he'd face jail time for lying to the government. Specifically, the legislation would issue steep fines, up to 4% of annual revenue, on the first offense for companies, and then 10 to 20 year criminal penalties for senior executives who lie to the FTC. Wyden's bill does more than target tech CEOs and corporate coffers, though. It also creates a new social media experience for users, allowing them to opt out of having any of their data tracked or collected on websites. Under the bill, users would also be able to access the data tech companies have already collected on them. The legislation also strengthens enforcement at the Federal Trade Commission by authorizing the hiring of 175 more investigators to look into how companies are using customers' data. Back in July, Facebook settled with the FTC on a record-breaking $5 billion fine for privacy abuses. The FTC fine was a result of Facebook violating previous agreements made after prior privacy violations. In other words, they were caught doing bad shit with customers' data. They promised they wouldn't do it again. They had to submit to a regime to make sure they wouldn't do it again, and then they did it again. Still, no executives were held criminally liable for doing it again, for those abuses. 
That could change, though, under Wyden's bill. What rules is how you learn time and time again to never talk to law enforcement without a lawyer, because even the mere act of lying to a cop could get you in trouble. Yet here we have corporate executives lying all the time to people who are basically law. They are law enforcement. And we need legislation, I guess, to throw them in jail. All right, that is the newscast for today. Before we go, let's read some haiku for our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. This first one goes out to Malcolm. Instead of working, let's chill on the ocean floor like the octopi. Thank you, Malcolm. I was inspired by that photo of all the octopi eating the whale on the bottom of the ocean. They look just super chill, like just hanging out. Thought you were going to say you listened to that Beatles song uh, this morning. Fishy Playground. What, Yellow Submarine? Octopus Garden oh, by uh, Ringo Starr. I don't know shit about the Beatles. That was, well, was, this Ringo, was, it, was it Ringo Starr or was it the Beatles? Well, it was the Beatles, but Ringo, I think, wrote, he, all, uh, he sang uh, it. Because he had a solo career, too. He did have a solo career. But the fishy playground, that was a uh, boring as heck tweet, I think, uh, making fun of how... Anyway, uh, I'll go on to the next... This was probably during their acid days. (laughs) I'll go on to the next haiku, which is for Todd. This is for Todd. Please, dude, just stop it. We tried for 200 years in the USA. Thank you, Todd. Finally, this is for Will. If only the mice would learn to shit in toilets, we could coexist. Thank you, Will. Yep, thank you, Will. Thanks to all the new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. Now is a great time to head over there and subscribe so you can tune in to tomorrow's special subscriber-only show where we do the garbage can and the honor can. All right, last thing to get to today is the listener rant line. Let's hear what y'all have to say. What's up, fellas? Keister here. A couple of weeks ago, I nominated Warren supporters for the can in reference to the fact that many are voting for her simply because she is a woman. I was called out as a misogynist. I nominated them not based on my assessment, but the assessment of Emma Vigland. And I quote, there are a lot of people that are just like woman. And she continued, and I say, no. She went on to say, people who have a shallow understanding of politics who liked Hillary based on cultural identifying factors are flocking to Warren. So yes, Warren supporters do qualify for the can especially the ones who should know better. Peace. Thank you for the call, Keister. You can uh, go to Patreon and nominate them right now for the garbage can. Although I think he might be painting with a pretty broad brush here. No doubt there are some Warren supporters that are just with her for reasons because she's a woman. But there are other women in the race that they can also uh, join behind, like Amy Klobuchar (laughs) and... uh, Kamala Harris, I guess. But I mean, I know a lot of Warren supporters who were with Bernie in 2016 and are now with Warren. And an explanation is not because she's a woman, but 
because they're not socialists. Yeah, I uh, I do think, well, I do think representation and politics is important, but I also think it is definitely suspect when someone goes from being a Hillary supporter to a Warren supporter. And some people on the left might think that's controversial because they think that Warren was never actually to the left. And uh, I think that's uh, an oversimplification. Yeah, I think that there are some of the same dynamics at play in 2016 today, but not all of them are at play between Warren uh, and Sanders like it was between Clinton and Sanders. But I do agree with Keister that reductionism is... uh, just not great and bad and if all you want is a woman in power that 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 might lead you uh to a dark place and doing something like say supporting sarah palin yeah over barack obama yeah all right one last call hey sam i just listened to the butt practice interview about pg&e and i also live in northern california and i wanted a public forum to ask a very important question to PG&E, where's my sweet treats? I lost three pints of Ben and Jerry's over the three Ooh. days that our power yeah. was out. God. And I just wanted to know, who's going to get me more sweet treats? Thanks. You know, that, that, that fucking sucks. And sucks big time. I was reading, when we were doing research uh, for that interview... I, I read, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal piece I referenced in the interview, but there was uh, a supermarket that lost a lot of money on like <laughs> on their frozen food aisle just being completely fucking wiped out. All the sweet treats ruined. Sweet treats are an important resource to have. You know, you're sitting at home at night, it's late, you get hungry, sometimes you want a sweet treat. I'm a sweet treat fan. This reminds me of when we were on... Uh, on tour with the Street Fight guys and the Trillbillies. You know who's a Sweet Treat fan? Brian. Murder Brian. Brian loves his treats. Brian loves his treats. We had to make sure he got some zebra cakes, or as I call them, fondant fancies, <laughs> to, to uh, accompany his one meal of the day. <laughs> one very large meal. <laughs> that, that usually happens late at night and is topped off with a Sweet Treat. I think Brian would call them tasty treats. Yeah, man. I need I need a tasty treat. That's true. He would call them that. All right. Call the rant line 202-684-6108. Tell us about your sweet treats. We are back tomorrow for the Garbage Can Show for subscribers. Everyone else will be back next week with the newscast. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be. <laughs>